0: going on Jermaine Johnson tune in to turn on the Jets podcast hey this is Vinny Pasquantino
1: of the Kansas City Royals make sure you tune into the turn on the Jets podcast everybody welcome back to the turn of the jets podcast i'm your host will parkinson at will 11 on twitter instagram and tiktok obviously yesterday some uh some pretty important news aaron Rodgers uh and the jets um you know are now uh and now kind of partners here aaron Rodgers and me coming to the jets got the jay doosable to come on talk a little rogers little nfl draft two days
0: out you know here we are how are we doing today man i'm good man we were just talking off camera man just trying to finish a lot of these day three guys um Locked and loaded. Have seen over 360 plus guys, and still just plugging away at it, getting ready for the draft with CBS Sports. So, it's a grind, man. I love it though, because you know so many dreams are realized this weekend. Whether you go first round or whether you go and draft that you're doing something that a lot of people in this world would never even have a chance to do. So, I mean, it's it's a blessing to see guys. All that hard work they put in kind of come to fruition this weekend when they get their name called, or whether they just get a phone call saying that they're going to be an undrafted free agent.
1: Yeah, look, we you know you can look over you know we obviously we'll talk mostly Jets, but you can look over the Jets roster of guys who undrafted guys like you know like a Bryce Huff who um, you know has now made his name and you know just got a you know four times raise just from you know playing really well as you know going into a contract year, or you know even looking at. Um, you know, the sauce gardeners of the world who are a top five pick, everyone's got a different path, but doesn't mean, you know, as we know, uh, this weekend, you know, anything could happen. That's why all these picks are uh, a pretty valuable. Speaking of picks, obviously the jets have less picks. Um, you know, now than they, they had started with uh, about a month ago after the Elijah Moore and, and now the Aaron Rodgers trade, um, I guess, where do you kind of stand on the whole deal? Obviously the jets getting Aaron Rodgers is a, is a huge deal. The compensation was debated over for the last two months. Basically, it ended up being two twos and a pick swap, um, you know, both on day one with the Jets and then, uh, you know, day three, the Jets move up and and to round five and give up a sixth. Is it too much, too little, fair? Where do you kind of sit, uh, you know, with all the compensation?
0: I mean, after actually doing some research and looking at you know the point system for what each draft pick is worth and the compensation to get a four-time, like you said, MVP and Super Bowl champ Aaron Rodgers, it actually ended up being even out. When I first heard the news, I thought it was a bit much on the compensation side. When you look at it as a whole, there's no guarantee or protection for the Jets in 2024. But I liken it to this. There's no way I feel that Joe Douglas and Woody Johnson made this deal and were able to give up a 2023 second round pick, a fifth round pick, a pick swap in the first round, and a conditional second round that becomes a first if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps this year without talking to Aaron Rodgers and truly believing that he's going to be the Jets quarterback for minimum two years. And there's rumors that it could push to three, right? If it pushes to three, to me, the Jets clearly won this deal. If it pushes to two, then I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a squash, right? I think both teams realized that there was a deal that needed to be had, and there was fair compensation if this is a two year deal for Aaron Rodgers. Because if you just look at what it has cost other teams to get a Matt Stafford, a Russell Wilson, right? Um, the compensation they've got has clearly been far more than what the Jets gave up to get Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers is more accomplished than both of those guys, right? Now, he's a little bit older, obviously. But the guy can can still slink it. I like it to, to one of our favorite clips, Will, is the Miami game last year, Green Bay, where he literally rolls out to the left and flicks the ball and it goes 60 yards in the air to Mercedes Lewis down the field. That shows you that the arm strength is still there at 39 years old. So I think it ended up being a fair deal for both sides, right? They needed to get Green Bay needed to get some conversation to really truly evaluate their quarterback, Jordan Love, to see if he is. The quarterback of the future and the one key piece the main key piece the jets were missing in making a viable playoff slash super bowl run last year was the quarterback position and both teams got what they wanted
1: yeah it's funny i see you know we obviously always talk about Rodgers on that cliff how about mercedes lewis playing a skill position at 38 39 yeah Um, I'm sure him and Randall Cobb will be announced as jets. Uh, any (laughs) any minute I I saw Randall Cobb post something on Instagram working out for like the first time. And since the season and all, you know, Lazar and Mercedes Lewis were like, oh, so now that the news got announced, you're working out again. (laughs) Got to start working out again. Um, I'm on the same page as you look, I think having a day to kind of settle on it, just, you know, look into it, just kind of, you know, stomach it a little bit and say, okay, what's the realisticness here? I've been saying for a while, there's no way that Rodgers is only playing one year. It just felt like all the comments before he had said that 90-10 thing were all about how he still has the competitive fire. He said in camp last year, he wanted to play three more years at Mm. least. And that was obviously going to last year. I felt like he was super unhappy last year. I thought, I think he probably thought he was getting traded. I think we all thought he was going to Denver. They didn't do it. They'd trade their best player other than him, which was confusing and you know whatever. Mm -hmm. We can all look back at it. But I think him being motivated, we saw this with Brady. We've seen this with Peyton, even though it's a little bit different situation. Stafford, whose body is probably older than Aaron Rodgers, based on the amount of hits he took over the years, sometimes a fresh, getting a little bit, you're in your comfort zone, uh, Getting out of that comfort zone a little bit, we should see Rodgers. He's going to report to, apparently, minicamp and OTAs, which I don't know the last time Rodgers has been there for that. I think it's that's ha- big, Probably five, six years. Yeah, and that minimum. was a big criticism. I know you had you, – we, we spoke about this last year. We're like, I don't know if that's a great idea. They have all these young receivers. You should probably be there. And the Jets do have a lot of young players, new players, new offensive coordinator, all these different things. So him being there, I think, again, is it a lot of compensation? Sure. Um, if the Jets win a Super Bowl or he's there multiple years, you feel – like they should be good enough. That should be a lower end of round one pick next year. Um, and if he gets hurt, things are going to go disastrously wrong, anyways. So, like, <laughs> nice. um, I did think it'd be more team performance, but again, um, that's you know where they ended up. The Jets obviously now have their quarterback. They've made some ni- they've made some nice moves, kind of around the edges. It feels like they haven't, you know, there wasn't been this huge move, which I don't think we really all thought there was any a bunch of big moves. Rogers, obviously the, the number one move. What's the ceiling now for this team, or what should the expectation? I should say the ceiling obviously would be them winning a Super Bowl. I think the floor mm-hmm. obviously is it crashes out. What's the expectation though? Because some Jets fans will say Super Bowl or bust. Some will say get to the playoffs. You haven't been there since 2010. Like where do you land on um, expectations now with uh, the four-time MVP at quarterback?
0: Yeah, well it's always a pendulum swing, right? It's like people that are on the extreme end, like you either win a Super Bowl, or it's a failed year, or people that I would think the floor would have to be the playoffs. But to me, the floor for the Jets this year should be the AFC East. Like, when's the last time the Jets won the AFC East? Even when Rex was their head coach and they went to the AFC Championship, they were the lower seed, right? They didn't win the AFC East. So I think if you look at it as a whole, with Zach Wilson last year, the Jets – beat the Buffalo Bills right they're not scared of the Buffalo Bills anymore and I know that's probably the favorite going into the season depending on if Tua Tagovailoa is healthy or not because I think you would have to throw Miami in there with the trade of Jalen Ramsey to pair with Xavier Howard and when Tua was healthy they were one of the top teams in the NFL not just the AFC but if you're the Jets right you split with Miami one of those games Zach played the other he didn't um the second game you lost with the bills with mike white the jets should have won that game i mean michael carter had a costly fumble this is not me pouring it on michael carter we had a costly fumble late in that game and then we couldn't finish in the red zone and mike white got beat to crap in that game right and he still stood tall and delivered passes and the jets had a chance to even win that game I think they lost the game by five points so if you look at it as a whole like the jets feel like they can beat the the buffalo bills let's not even talk about the 10-3 loss to the new england patriots <laughs> where the defense gave up three points and lost an nfl game that's unheard of three on points the road on the road oh, on the roads and then the next game right i think zach had what three or four turnovers threw for over 300 yards and the jets still only lost that game by like five points i think 22 to 17 was the score so if you look at that like I think the floor for the jets. I know people say the playoffs. I think it should be the AFC East, right? Once the, that's the easiest way to make a run to the playoffs to win your division, get a home game and then figure it out after that. So to me, because you have a top five defense, which a lot of people haven't talked about it enough. And I kind of saw your tweet uh, yesterday. I've been saying it for the longest when Aaron Rodgers was a discussion to begin with, like if Aaron Rodgers is on that team last year, I don't think this Jets defense wears down like it did at the back half of the season. I mean, the Detroit game, the Jacksonville game, the Buffalo game, right? The Miami game at the end of the year, you could tell the defense was tired because they were on the field so much forever. (laughs) Well, yeah. Now you got Aaron Rodgers, who's efficient in this offense, played MV caliber type football just two years ago in the same offense led by Nathaniel Hackett, who was his offensive coordinator. So you would think the offense would be, would flow a lot more efficiently, right? And in, in terms of that, that means the defense will get more rest because you're going to pick up more first downs, right? You're going to convert on third downs. You're going to score in the red zone. So now with this defensive line and these DBs, more specifically the cornerbacks to me, the best tandem in the league. I know people will say Jalen Ramsey and Xavier and Howard. We'll see what happens now because they're going to be more of a zone scheme with Vic Vangio. And, you know, X has made his, his hey, of being able to take out the number one receiver. I know he's glad he's gets to play a little bit more zone because it's, takes a lot of wear and tear off his body but that's an adjustment period for a corner when they're used to just playing man all the time going into a zone scheme we'll see what they'll do with Jalen ramsey will they move him around play the star position will he play some slot will he play on the outside but we know what we're going to get from sauce Gardner and dj reed play in and play out like i was telling people when they took sauce Gardner number one i was like don't 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 sneeze on dj reed right he he's not backing down off of nobody he feels like he's a top five corner. He performed like a top five cor- corner in the league last year, but because, you know, Sauce just played in a different stratosphere being a top five pick. Now, a lot of people didn't talk about DJ Reed, but DJ Reed should have been a pro bowler last year. Like, that's the type of football he plays. He is an ultimate competitor. So I know what I'm going to get from those two guys. And I know with this D-line rotation, and hopefully with this Aaron Rodgers deal, the Quentin Williams deal is next to come in because you can't do anything on defense without that guy in the middle. You need him signed up. The just need to end this stigma of not paying their first round pick especially when they deserve I think the last one that was paid was Muhammad Wilkinson everybody else has been traded or cut like that's not a good look for your team and your franchise you got a guy that does everything the right way played at a, a elite all pro level give him his bag let's move forward build a defense around him I just think with Aaron Rodgers in the fold this defense will be a lot fresher that pass rush will be a lot fresher in the back half of the season and those corners are most, uh, most likely getting even more turnovers now because of the D-line being able to hum in the back half of the season.
1: Yeah, I think you you look at a couple of points there I want to kind of touch on before we get to some of the draft stuff. One, the defense, I, I couldn't agree more. Look, I know there was, you could look at, again, it's always the, the pendulum of, ever. oh, they played a lot of backup quarterbacks. Well, they played with the third and fourth string quarterback. So you have to look at it from that perspective. A, that was they had five, six new starters last year, a bunch of new rotation pieces. There was a lot that changed from 2021 to 2022, and this defense was fantastic. Aaron Rodgers in his career, 80 and 10 in the regular season when his defense does not give up 20 points. The Jets, as a whole, last year, even including um, a couple of games at the end of the year where you know he gave up over 20, still averaged giving up 120. So, right, you know, uh, should be should be a recipe for success.
0: Right. Not, not to cut you off, Will, but if, if Aaron Rodgers is on this team in a down year, right, I think the, Jet, the Green Bay Packers averaged right at 21 points. I think it was 20.8 points per game. If the Jets were to score 21 points per game last year, they would have had five more wins. They would have been competing for the AFC East and maybe the number one seed in football with just that. And that was a down year for Aaron Rodgers. Now you're talking about a pissed off, motivated Aaron Rodgers? 37 and four is what happened last time he was pissed off touchdown to interception ratio 26 and 12 that's a career year for most people in 20 as far as touchdown to interception ratio that was a down year for Rodgers and the Jets just had that t- Rodgers they again would have been fighting for the number one seed in the AFC
1: yeah look at the Jets um Connor Hughes had the report last night the Jets staff felt like they could have won they would have won five more games alone just with Rodgers that would have put the Jets at a 12-1 team that could have won the AFC East last year um and I think the pass rush is something that you talk about. You played in this scheme. You know the scheme better than anybody. This scheme is built. You're up six. You're, I mean, you're oh, up no seven. Question. You're up ten. No in the, in the fourth quarter, that team's got to drop back probably for second and third down at a minimum, if not first, second, and third down. We saw it last year, the Buffalo game. We saw it early on in the year in games like uh, Cleveland. Well, not Cleveland necessarily. Pittsburgh, Green also, Bay, Green Bay uh, the Pittsburgh game. When they got out to a nice, faster start at the Miami game, this defensive line wreaked havoc. You should get even a better year from Bryce Huff because he should be playing more consistently. Um, you should be getting a better year from Jermaine Johnson. He should right. grow as much, heavily in the year, two. The guy that I think, you know, we, we talked a lot about people, whether he's going to get cut or retained. Carl Lawson's going to be in a second year post-Achilles, and anyone that's had a major injury knows usually it takes a year to kind of get you really your feet wet. And I'm not sure. saying Carl's going to be a 12, 13 sack guy, but does he get to nine from seven? Does he get to nine? Does Bryce Huff get to five and a half? Does, um, you know, Jermaine Johnson go from whatever he was three and a half to six. Like those things are going to start to add up in the turnovers. You mentioned uh, Michael Carter said on the pod a couple of weeks ago, I felt like I had five or six drops just against the Patriots alone. And he then did. now we're talking about, <laughs> so yeah, he did. And then sauce DJ Reed, these other guys. And the safety play should be better. Uh, LaMarcus Schoener was obviously super banged up at the end of the year. I think Whitehead dealt with that ankle injury early on. It was never the same. I say a lot to say I agree with you. I think the AFC East host a play- home playoff game. How about that? Like, let's – whether that's you're hosting, um, you know, on divisional round, whatever it may be, try to host a division a playoff game that has not happened in, in 21 years, which is disgusting, but it's the truth. They beat Peyton Manning 41-0 back in the day. Um I want to get to the draft because obviously this this affects the draft a little bit. They're going to go from 13 to 15, which I don't know. how. It's hard to tell how much of a difference because the quality of player might not be different, but the position where that quality is, is, is the key, right? We still, I think everyone believes offensive tackle is still in need. Even if you love Makai Becton, which I'm rooting for him. I think we all are. I think him getting himself in shape and having a full off season to recover. He changed agents. He's working out up here. He's a dad. Now there's a lot of things that give you optimism and hope he could come back. But Dwayne Brown had a season ending injury. He played through it, but should have probably missed the whole season. Max Mitchell, season ending injury, back then season ending injury, AVT. It's like anyone that played tackle for the Jets last year basically uh basically was was a corpse. So
0: yeah.
1: um do you still think they go tackle? There's some, you know, buzz Todd McShade said today he thinks it's more likely they would go a Cansey at, at fifteen than go at Darnell Wright. Where do you kind of sit with fifteen and then we can kind of work our way in, you know, to round two and three?
0: Yeah, first and foremost, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think a lot of people were on Joe Douglas. And it's like, as a GM, I brought in four different guys. Like, what am I supposed to do when they all have season ended injuries? You talked about it. Dwayne Brown got hurt early, early in the year. George Fett got hurt early in the year, and he was coming off a really good year. He the was going to get extended. And then, he- yes, literally, he was coming off a really good year the year before. I mean, Makai Beckton looked good in camp, right? I mean, he had dropped weight, was looking better, and then a fluke you know, thing happened in training camp where he's done for the year. Max Mitchell, uh, something off the field happened to him in regards to what him dealing with something medically. And he's done for the year. So it's like, what are you supposed to do? I think Cedric Ubueni signing back was a good signing because he played well when he was healthy in there. So now you got some depth there. We don't know what Dwayne Brown is going to technically do. I think when you sign a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you feel like you can play another year, right? Because now you have an opportunity to maybe make a run uh to your point plus I've at 12 million played. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't hurt that doesn't hurt at all i would would not be surprised if they try to maybe try to restructure that or do something to change that number but uh to your point i agree with 100 percent with makai beckton like i you could tell he's motivated this is probably the leanest he's ever looked he's ready to go and he has an opportunity to make some real money because you know the jets most likely aren't going to pick up a fifth year option or they didn't already i think no i doubt they option. will yeah they have yeah. to decide next week I- I think so if after even this he year would, he could be free know, right even if, yeah. I
1: think even he would admit like I got to go prove it this year to get yeah you know, get what for kind of sure. Pay,
0: what but that's, that's what I'm saying he's in a good spot because if he goes out there and balls out, he can get paid but right? He't he have to wait one more year.
1: year. he's a twenty four year old left tackle <laughs> on the market that doesn't happen
0: exactly. So like he has a really great opportunity. I think he understands that. I'm really excited. I was always excited about about the max mitchell pick um you know we were both in mobile last year got to see him up close and personal with this staff so i love that pick for the jets but honestly i think you do just because of the scare of what happened last year with the depth right you know cedric winnie i think is 30 dwayne brown like you said is what 37 38 he came out in my class so he's old, or he came out in 09 maybe i think he came out the year after me so he's up there in age and he actually might be older than me right yeah, now Yeah, i think he's 39 uh, yeah he's older than me so um, you definitely gotta you gotta you gotta address the offensive tackle position. Now, the thing that scares me, and I said this the other day, and the pick swap was a sweetener for the Green Bay Packers in this trade with Aaron Rodgers. The only thing that gives me pause now is there are essentially four or five teams that could take an offensive tackle. And if you don't like any of the guys after the top four offensive tackles, what do you do there? Do you, you know, push back and have somebody trade up with you and get more draft capital? Do you take a defensive tackle? I mean, I think Kalaja Kansa, I love him. I think that's a little high for him at pick 15 just because of the size and what I've seen on tape as far as point of attack block sometimes. Now, his explosiveness helps him right off the snap, but it's when, you know, guys get a hold of him and on double teams, he kind of gets knocked off the ball after that initial contact. That gives you some pause. But, again, he's a fit in the system as far as an attack and three technique. A guy I also like is Keanu Benton, who was at the, the Senior Bowl. I think his best pass rush days are ahead of him, right? He was unblockable at the Senior Bowl. And if you turn on the Illinois tape, he put on the pass rush clinic versus the Illinois, um, you know, f- fighting a Um, Another guy that you know I'm really high on, Tommy uh, Adebarre, right? He has some versatility as far as position – flexibility where you can line them up at five technique and he can line up inside a little the three you said what
1: i said a little bit like jfm where you can kind yeah. of play him on different
0: downs and different spots correct but the thing is at the senior bowl they exclusively played him at three technique and he stood in there on double teams and if you watch the ohio state game they played him more at three technique and he dominated in that game i mean he gave luke whipler all types of fits inside and also at three technique just you know, creating habits, setting the edge from the three technique position. He did that because he has that explosion, and we saw that in his forty yard dash. We saw the explosiveness in his forty his forty yard dash. So we see that there's some options for the Jets now. This isn't a deep interior defensive line group, so if you want one, you most likely have to take them in that by the second round. I just think at fifteen, it's a little high for any of those guys. And say, you know, Peter Skowronski is gone. Say Paris Johnson is gone bodrick jones who i mocked to the jets at 13 he may be gone so darnell wright is a guy who to me is a pure right tackle can he be a scheme fit yes he can play in his own scheme i think he's better suited in a g scheme because he likes to rip the head off off of people literally like he put will anderson in the blender so if you're really high on those top three guys and you got you know Darnell Wright sitting there at fifteen, but you're not in love with him. What do you do there? Do you trade back? Antoine Harrison is a guy that people have you know talked about talked about too. I think it's rich. I think he's more of a second round pick. I don't think he's a first round pick. I think he's a a project. You know, he's gonna need some time to really be the guy at tackle. So I mean, it's 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 interesting, Will, because it's like. It was a sweetener for the Green Bay Packers, but it's like, did you miss out on potentially getting a Broderick Jones by moving back two spots? Because I look at the Raiders, they could potentially take a tackle. Tennessee could potentially take a tackle. I mean, Green Bay, I know people are talking about they got a pretty good old line, but, you know, Bakhtiari hasn't been healthy in like three years. Who's to say they don't take an offensive tackle to protect their young quarterback as well? And I'm pretty sure that New England is going to take an offensive tackle, so it's it's a weird position to be in, you know, people saying it's not much moving back two spots in this draft. It could mean a lot just because it's not really top heavy as far as the draft. Like I heard some scouts say they only had 20 players that they had with a first round grade. So like you're at the cusp at 15 before that 20 spot. And if one of those tackles is one of their top 20 players and you miss out on one, then it's, it'd be interesting to see what Joe Douglas play is after that. Yeah, look, there, there's a couple of different
1: scenarios. I think I don't mind the the idea of going defensive tackle. I don't mind the idea if you loved if JSN. I don't think he's going to be there, but if you loved and you said, you know what, let's go the Bengals route and just give Aaron Rodgers a thousand weapons, Gary Wilson, JSN, and uh, McCole Harmon, whoever, and Lazard and all these guys for the next three four years is going to be the best, you know, or best their top three receiving duo in the league. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think we're going to know a lot about how they they value the offensive line. I think last year, me and, and you both thought they'd take Ikea Kwanu at times. Uh, I thought, you know, a lot of people thought O line, perfect fit, and they didn't. And that meant, you know, obviously that showed me not only that they love sauce, but they felt comfortable with the group, whether they were right or wrong. It's yeah. not, that's not relevant. If they went, you know, again, if they this year go defensive tackle, receiver, some safe, well, not
0: going safety, but whatever,
1: if they go into this position, <laughs> not Brian Branch. I like a lot, but I, I like I he's not, a man, second not, round pick yeah. to me. I know
0: some, some people mocked him in the first. He's a second round pick.
1: Yeah. If he's there at 43, sure. I'm all, that's great. Yeah. You know, uh, Whitehead and Michael Carter, and all these guys, that's, that'd be a nice group. I say all that to say, I'm just very curious what happens. And then, and then the trade back scenario, I think the ideal dream scenario, I think for the jets is Will Levis falls because if Will Levis starts to fall, what team is going to go around 13, 14, 15. Okay, he's fallen far enough. The The premium isn't as expensive for a team that might need a quarterback. Does New England take a quarterback with all their situations? They're saying, right? well, Levis might yeah, well, go. Have you seen the odds yeah. on him
0: going number yeah, two? He,
1: he would go. It was like, it's crazy. It's like one day he's falling out. The next day he could go one or two. Um, sure. There's any of these guys start to fall? That's where, if you're the Jets, you hope there's a run on corner and there's a run on quarterback and you'll much, be in a much better spot. If the Jets take a receiver at 15, or was that like, do you feel like that's maybe like getting a little too aggressive there and knowing that you're counting a little too bit on, you know, an older player and then a guy coming off an injury.
0: I think it also comes down to positional value, right? Say you have Jay and, you know, John Jackson Smith and Jigba as your, you know, 13th overall prospect and you're picking at 15. Then I think it's hard not to take him, especially if the top three offensive tackles are gone. If you don't have Kalaja Kansi as a top 30 guy, right in that scenario, you definitely don't have any safeties as top 30, then you don't want to overdraft, right? You want to put as much talent. I've always been a big proponent of this. Put as much talent on your team, no matter what position it is, right? You could figure it out later. Like, is Corey Davis going to be a trade chip? You know, maybe. Who knows? If you take Jackson Smith and Jigba, I would almost bet that he would be. At that point, somebody willing to get a veteran receiver into the fold, uh, because now you're looking at having, you know, him, Alan Lazar, Garrett Wilson, McCall Harmon, like you're, you're five deep already. And you, that's before you get to um, what's my man? Number 11. Oh, um, Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims. That's before you even getting the Mims. Right. So it's like at that point, one of those guys is most likely going to get traded. But I think it's just also about it's all about how the, the board falls, Will. And, and I think that's why if you're Joe Douglas, you got to have a plan in place. If uh one of the top three tackles isn't there when you decide to draft at fifteen, and, and to me, like I said, I like Darnell Wright. I don't know if he's a pure fit in his own scheme. I think he's athletic enough to play in it for sure, right? And he's going to bring that physical nature. But I would love to see him in a G scheme, just just demolishing people that play in and play out.
1: You know what's interesting? You, you know, you mentioned a guy like Darnell Wright. I'm curious and then we'll get to just a couple of the other, you know, potential needs on, on this roster and, and the Connor McGovern resigning, but quickly, but the jets kind of need that long-term answer at tackle. And it's just also how they view it. You know, AVT is he, is he, a, is he just going to be a guard for them? He played tackle at a nice Ooh. level last year. Do they think, Oh, maybe back to uh, an tackle tackles. We, we, you know, the other option I presented um, a little earlier, um, you know, on today was what if they trade back and then maybe they go a true guard at at twenty, yeah, let's say they trade back to the bottom in the first round. Osiris Torrance is there, and they say, "You know what? Let's go guard." AVT is a tackle, and it just they they because AVT's flexibility it does offer them some kind of flexibility on how they approach the offensive line. But it's hard for me to think if they're going to go offensive line and they don't go true tackle and just know we want a guy here for the next eight to ten years that's going to be a solid player. That's why. I would have loved Paris Johnson to be there. I don't know that he yeah. will. Um, just <laughs> The best pure like left tackle yeah, in this draft. That's, yeah. He's the guy that screams, I'm a tackle, and that's that. I know he could play guard, but he screams left tackle to me. Um, obviously, we mentioned, you know, they do have uh, five other picks, I believe. You know, they have 43 still. There was obviously a lot of rumors center at 43. They re-signed Conor McGovern. We don't know the, the extent of the deal yet. I assume it's going to be like one for five or something something in that range. He was at about $9 million last year. Obviously, if yeah. he was going to get close to that, he'd still be uh, – he'd probably be elsewhere. Does it eliminate center A and B? Is, is that a, just the best player available situation at 43? Because there's a couple of places you could say your needs maybe this year, but there are more needs down the line where I look at like safety, center, uh, potentially defensive tackle as well.
0: Yeah, I think the, the Connor McGovern signing was massive. One, because Aaron Rodgers, we know how he usually feels about rookies anyway, um, whether it's receivers or offensive linemen, as far as not knowing what to do. So you got Connor McGovern who's been in the system the last what two years. So he's gonna come in knowing the system. Him and Aaron Rodgers will be on the same page. And he he actually played solid, he's played really solid football. I know people have scoffed at him, but I'm like, like good centers aren't just walking around, right? And for the Jets to be able to make this deal happen, because honestly, I thought he was going to get seven or eight mil on the open market. And for him, nobody to have signed him to that, I think it was, uh, again, not a blessing for him, right? Because I want players to get as much money as possible. But for the Jets to be able to bring him back in the full was monumental because now where you thought center was more of a need at maybe that pick 43, now it maybe not as much. I know I, I like John Michael Smith, and, and if he's there, I think you still take him right? Because now you're getting a center for the future. He has guard flexibility, played some guard at Minnesota as well. And what you talked about being able to move AVT around, if you're not able to get a tackle, then you have that option as well. I think AVT is an all pro guard. I think it'd be a solid tackle, but I think it's more of an all pro guard uh, in that scenario. And then um, with Lincoln Thomason's deal, I think the Jets can technically get out of it after this year. So, you know, as far as you definitely need to have an influx of youth into this offensive line. Right. So whether it's the 43 pick or the 112 pick, I think, you know, people were higher on Luke Whipler early in the year. I think more people have watched film and understand that he's more of a third, probably fourth round pick. And if he's there in the fourth round, it makes a lot of sense. I think he's better suited for his own scheme where he's going to have protection on the on both of his sides with guards and pass protection you don't want this guy taking guys on one-on-one and pass protection because he struggled he's a little light in the pants but as far as being able to be quick the mental capacity to understand the blocking schemes i think he's one of the best in this draft as far as knowing how to get to the second level no understanding block angles and how to take on blocks at the second level where john michael smith is going to beat you up all game long but struggles getting to the second level at times right i'm always take the dog first because i feel like you can coach some of that up on angles um but john michael smith john michael smith mike smiths might go in the first round so who knows if he's there at 43 i think if he is at 43 uh, I think you almost have to take them, but like you said, there's needs that D tackle and safety as well.
1: Yeah, look, there, this will be an interesting class. You referenced it earlier. It'll be interesting to see how a team's value, positional value versus just, these guys are first-round players. You think of Bijan John Robinson. Um, you know, you look at some of these, these centers. You look at some of the defensive tackles where normally you'd like to stick to receiver, corner, offensive tackle, and quarterback, probably in the first round, an edge rusher, but sometimes – the, the draft, it's a different draft. You look at that COVID draft a couple of years ago. Yes, Elijah Vera Tucker was, um, and even Rashawn Slater were guys that you thought, are they going to be tackles in the league? Are they going to be guards? What is it going to happen? The Chargers and Jets are pretty happy with those picks because they went, you know what, this is the best offensive lineman on the on the board. We're taking him. I don't really care about positional value. And, you know, I, I think that worked out quite well for both teams. For sure. Um, last two questions I want to ask you quickly about here. The Jets defensive line, I know we talked a little bit about this scheme. Um, defensive tackle, I know we talked about where they might need – you know, we looked at Kalijah Kansi, looked at some of these other guys. How big of a need is that still – it feels like they're still at least one body short. And oh, even yeah. in, as much as an Al Woods would be a good, you know, uh, potential guy in the run game. Seahawks did struggle against the run a lot last year. <laughs> yes, and they like, did. Running <laughs> all of the Seahawks' defensive <laughs> tackles would be a little bit of a – one of those – are we sure we want to do all of that? Yeah. Um, you know, Q Jeff to me is a guy that's going to be more of that Sheldon Rankin's pass rusher on early Correct. downs and stuff like that. I still feel like they either need a big body or you either go kind of high ceiling and a can't see one of those guys in the draft. Right.
0: Yeah. So when you look at it and, I, you know, no, Robert, Sala, i talk to him like once a week um, when he looks at defensive tackle, defensive line period. It's all about foot speed and strain. And the three guys that we talked about earlier, Kalaji Kansi, you know, Tommy Adabare from Northwestern and Keanu Benton, they give you that. That, that ability. I think Keanu Benton has more of the body frame to potentially even play there at nose next to Quentin Williams, right? So to me, he makes the most sense at 43 if he's there because you see the strain, right? You see the pass rush ability and then you see the foot quickness, right? He's got some tree trunks, his legs. <laughs> yeah, so like, but like, as far as like getting the outwood, and I just, it's kind of like going back to Foley Fatakoski. He wasn't a scheme fit, right? Great guy, right? Uh, I think you've seen it when he went to Jacksonville, how his production went up in one year because he's more of a fit for that type of scheme and not really for the attacking scheme that, you know, Robert Sala has. So, I mean, I know of people talked about it and I even talked about it, like thinking about Al Woods and um, Huna Ford, but, you know, guys that, usually don't fit the scheme because they don't have the foot speed or pass rush ability. Cause even at that nose, he wants that guy to be able to get up the, at least yeah. three yard, three, four yards up the field, right? The one, they got to the be able guy to play the
1: The one guy I was actually was hoping the Jets were going to be, I guess they were in on him. Uh, the Giants signed Asian Robinson. The only reason I bring that up is I look at the, some of the work Asian did two years ago with the Rams of kind of yeah. giving Aaron Donald Leonard Floyd. He would kind of eat two three bodies at once, and Leonard Floyd got one on ones. Um, and obviously, he's only been a ten and a half sack guy once in his career, and not mm-hmm. not shocking. He was next to A'shaun, and obviously Donald. Um, I know he's a special player, but giving Quinn Williams as many opportunities to get to get free hitters as possible. Um, so just I just that was a guy that. I felt like age wise, and at least we've seen him kind of do it next to that kind of more pass rushing elite level defensive tackle in the past.
0: Yeah. But even that scheme, right? It's a three, four scheme. And if you look at what they do with Aaron Donald, they lined him up on the everywhere. edge They line him up. Yeah. Everywhere. So it's like Ashawn Robinson is a hellified run defender. I mean, he puts paws on guys, but he's more of a, at the line of scrimmage type guy. Right. And, and I don't know if he would be necessarily be a fit for this game. And if you look at, what Robert Sala did, you know, getting Solomon Thomas back in the fold, who actually played really well down the stretch for the Jets the last couple of weeks of the season, uh, more of an attacking guy, right? I think Tenzel smart. I hope he actually gets an opportunity because I've loved what he's done the last two preseason games. But to your point, I get what everybody's saying. They think there, there needs to be another bigger body. But it's if you look at it, right, with Sheldon Rankin starting next to Q, those guys are both pass rushing type guys that can play the run as well. And they they play the run on the way to the quarterback And even Nate Shepard, right? He kind of formed into a guy that was more of an attacking guy and not just staying in the line of scrimmage. And I think you saw that in the offseason. New Orleans Saints saw that on tape. We're like, hey, we need to bring that over here. I think they gave him, like, five mil a year. So, like... Yeah, I mean, that's the going rate right now. Like for the, the, the third defensive tackle, you're getting five, six million dollars. And that's just what it is with inflation and with the salary cap going up. Like you got to pay your third guy, your third in, your third tackle, because they're going to play like 35, 40 percent of the snap. So they got they got to be compensated for that. So to your point, right? Yes, I think they are short one piece because Q Jefferson, I think, is going to be inside with a three-man rotation with JFM, Q Williams, more on third down, right? Um, he's a guy that can play some five technique, and he can play three technique in a pinch, right? So they'll probably have him play some three technique. But I think they are short one body, and I think they'll do that in the draft. Or maybe, you know, we'll see what happens during cuts and training camp. Maybe they, they're they able to get somebody, you know, right right before the season starts. But I think they have to address it and bring one more body interior, and interior D-line. Yeah, no, I think –
1: Receiver and D tackler spots where, like, you could talk yourself into their good. I still feel like to get this team to where you want to get them to adding depth and also a, a starter level guy next to Quinn. And then receiver, I like what the room looks like, but Corey Davis is hurt all the time. And Nicole Harman was hurt pretty much half of last year. Denzel Mims is either hurt or, or struggling a little bit. You don't want to get yourself in a situation where you're, Pretty much just flip-flopping Lazard and Corey Davis last year. It's Garrett Wilson, Lazard, and then a bunch of young guys who are practice squad guys. You want to that room, the more more bodies, the more talent you put in that room, the better. Um, and I know they're gonna obviously run a lot of two, three tight end stuff at, at some point. I like to see Jeremy Ruckert. Um oh, he, looked yeah. really, he looked really good in the Miami game. And I liked every time he played. Unfortunately, didn't play a lot. I thought CJ Uzama had an okay year. I think Tyler Conklin's Probably the, really the tight end one, I think it just used on that more vocal guy. Um, Last kind of question here. Is there one guy, I know we kind of talked about it, you know, one guy that I guess you could point to, but is there one guy you're really looking forward to offensively with Aaron Rodgers? You're like, I know everyone's going to say, probably you could say Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, but um, is there anybody you're like, all right, this guy should have a pretty nice year considering really good or even just quality quarterback play, not a bottom of
0: the barrel it's the guy you just talked about, and he actually had a decent year last year, Tyler Conklin. I think he's going to, what do you have, like 50 catches? I think he's going to have 60 or 70 catches this year. I was going to say, you depth. saw what he did with Robert Tunyon, and I, and I think Tyler Conklin has that skill set. And to your point, to me, he is the tight end one for the Jets. CJ Uzama more of the emotional leader, will give you some blocking. But as far as Conklin's skill set and being able to tack down the seam, like you saw it time in and time out again like this this guy was getting targeted last year and with nathaniel Hackett, i think with this history with robert tunyon right before he had the knee injury i think you could see that from tyler conklin this year so again yes you could say Brees hall garrett wilson those things are what's understood doesn't have to be said but i think tyler conklin is a guy in fantasy with all you some little fantasy news that you should really look at in fantasy drafts right he, he could be a tight end four or five this year with aaron Rodgers. Yeah, look, you
1: look at Robert Tunney two years ago, 10 touchdowns. The Jets have been horrific in the red zone, obviously, due to some some poor quarterback play, amongst other things. Tight ends usually thrive with really good quarterbacks. We see it all the time. You look back to the the Julius Thomas year with Peyton Manning. You look back to, obviously, anyone that played with Tom Brady. The tight ends were obviously a (laughs) huge factor. And especially as these guys get older, as quarterbacks, they like to throw inside the numbers more because they know they can read the defenses also. They're confident enough. And it takes sometimes less time than throwing these, you know, long outbreaking routes. I think, again, you mentioned it, um, this tight, these tight ends and whoever's going to line up at slot, whether they use Garrett Wilson in that Justin Jefferson role or Devontae Adams role, whether it's, they do bring in a JSN level guy, the slot receiver and, and, uh, and tight end in this in the system should should feast uh, quite well from a fantasy perspective and, uh, and put up some big touchdown numbers.
0: Yeah. Before we get up out of here, uh, there's actually pretty good depth at the receivers. Now I know a lot of people don't have, a lot of first round graded receivers, but there's actually really good depth. We look at Tank Dale, Jaden Reed from Michigan State, who could slip to the third, maybe fourth round. The Jets maybe package, you know, a couple of those fourth round picks and fifth round picks to maybe move up back into the third round is a possibility because if you're talking about pure slot guys there's a lot of them. I mean Josh Downs I think will be gone in the second round so you most likely probably won't get him. Zay Flowers is probably going first or second round as well. But guys like Tank Dell, guys like I said like Jaden Reed who I really liked from um Michigan State and then even AT Perry who's not a slot guy, a bigger guy if you're looking for a bigger guy on the outside, I think he'll go second, maybe even third round as well. There's some good depth at receiver in this draft. So you can still get some good value in that third round. Just don't technically have a third round, but they could package some of those picks together to move up in the third. But maybe even the fourth, maybe a Tank Dell falls in the fourth, maybe a Jaden Reed falls into the fourth, and you still get a really good player.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what happen, happens. Obviously, we had yesterday's episode out, kind of like a live reaction to Rodgers. Um, make sure you guys are obviously tuned into this tomorrow uh will be on. we'll have something thursday and then uh, a bunch of stuff lined up for some draft recaps so make sure you guys are obviously following leger which i assume pretty much anyone that follows me already does that but <laughs> um appreciate you guys tuning in and uh you know enjoy aaron Rodgers being a jet and, and try not stressing out too much today